Hey, it's Nelson. And this is Monica. Welcome to the Seattle Foodie Podcast, the show where we talk about the Seattle food scene and the people and businesses behind it. We eat all the food and share our insights with you. Thanks for joining us today. Let's get to it. Hey, Monica, happy Mother's Day. Did you get my gift? Today? No, but you're always a great gift, Nelson. Oh, oh. so you didn't get the gift I gave you earlier today. Earlier today? No, I didn't. Yeah, that's because we're not a couple. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, by the way, Nelson, happy birthday. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday. (laughs) You guys, by the time you hear this, it's going to be Nelson Lau's birthday. Celebrating his 24th. 24th birthday. (laughs) For the 16th time. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, thank well, thank you, so you, thank you, thank you, um, and happy Mother's Day to you. I hope, uh, you. I hope your son Cole is spoiling you rotten, or just not playing video games and just paying, actually paying attention to you. Well, <laughs> he's letting me record right now, and he is oh. cleaning up. Poor guy. Um, you know, motherhood is just one of these weird things. He uh, got up two o'clock in the morning and just had this terrible nosebleed, and so he's doing his thing by actually cleaning it all up. So you know, that's something usually I'd have to do. So I guess that's something. <laughs> well, if you're listening, Cole, get better. I know how nosebleeds are, but anyway. Welcome to the show, Monica. This is episode 35. Normally for our shows, we do like a milestone show on our fifth episode, but we have so many events to cover today. I think we're just going to do a regular show. Mm -hmm. We have a couple of recaps real easy, and then we're just going to get onto the show. What say you? I say let's do it. Um, Do you want to get started or you want me to get started? I'll go ahead and get started. Lego. This past Wednesday, we had the chance to attend the Atrium Kitchen After Hours at Pike Place Market. At the atrium, we got to sample some of the best food from Pike Place Market, like pasta from Pasta Casalinga, as well as the Pike Brewing Company, our friends there. Shook Soda Fountain was there serving some awesome ice cream. And best part is Monica, this is our, this, I'm guessing this is our consensus. It's our favorite thing we did. We got to catch a fish from the Pike Place Fish Market. <laughs> yeah, that was pretty fun. I've actually done that before over at Pike Place Fish. And I was kind of surprised when we got there and no one was taking advantage of it. So I guess I was the first one that day. Yeah. That's usually what happens when you go to the beginning of an event. The people are just kind of like, don't want to start it and they just don't do it but for us we was like i don't care let's just do it <laughs> let's, just, <laughs> let's just jump right in everybody's like a little bit timid or like what are they doing i don't want i don't know i don't want to be the one that catch the fish i don't want to be the first one that drops it and blah blah, blah. monica is like like whatever let's go <laughs> oh i had a victory dance and so did you so you guys yes. you need to check out yeah. our stories nelson and i had victory dances yeah fake Gronkowski spike. That's, yeah. <laughs> the, 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 I'll just give you, that's my clue. <laughs> I wanted to eat the fish, but they wouldn't let me. <laughs> that's serious. You guys, <laughs> you know, I, okay. I have a guilty pleasure. Just to let you know, Monica, I watched the deadliest catch and I've watched all 15 seasons of oh the deadliest goodness. catch. And in one of the, one of the boats, the Northwestern, they always bite off the head of a herring before oh, wow. as like as good luck. Yeah. And it, it always looks disgusting. But I can, <laughs> now now I have this image in my head of Monica like trying to eat the fish that she just caught. <laughs> one day, you guys. One, one day. One day. One day. <laughs> That'll be the next behind the scenes video. Yeah. 
Now, for those that don't know, the Atrium Kitchen is a state-of-the-art commercial kitchen and is available to rent for community groups, chefs, and market vendors. And it also acts as a food business incubator, and it's managed by the wonderful chef Tracy Calderon of Succulent Catering Events. And we got to meet her at the event. Mm -hmm. And one of the coolest things that they do is on the first Wednesday of every month, Chef Tracy and the team of volunteers serve a free community meal called Nourished Neighborhood from 11.30 a.m. to 1 p.m. They feed the community around Pipe Lakes Market mm -hmm. and they give a free meal to everybody in the community. And they've been doing this for over two years now, and it's a great way to give back to the community. Absolutely. And shout out to at Find Me in Seattle, because actually Connor had uh, showcased one of those probably about six months ago. So that's how I learned about it. And, mm -hmm. you know, Chef Tracy was saying, you know, it's a way to bring the entire community together. So we're talking about people who live and work around Pike Place Market, people who work in offices, you know, tourists, like anyone. The idea is to get people together to have a meal and to nourish their bodies and to nourish their neighborhood. And in addition to that, I was reading on their website, they also do on Fridays, they give back, pay it forward Fridays, and they do a breakfast on, mm -hmm. on Fridays too as well. And people can purchase the purchase the breakfast and then they'll and then someone will get a free meal in return to pay it forward. So totally. They they do really great things at the atrium. And I yeah. thought it was pretty neat. Yeah. yeah, they absolutely do. And Monica, how about you? Give us a recap to start off. A recap. Uh, have you ever wanted mini donuts delivered to your office? Well, all, it, all the time, all the time. Right. I mean, when you're just like yeah. in the middle of something, you're just like, I could really go for a donut right now, yeah. but oh, I got to get in my car or go walk here, or walk there. But yeah. Dozen Donuts has you covered. So this new business is cooking out of a Queen Anne kitchen and delivering in the Seattle area. Some of the flavors include plain cinnamon and sugar, powdered sugar, glazed and maple. And so, Nelson, you and I had a chance to try a box last week. And I have to say the delivery was seamless. Uh, you can find them online and you can hashtag be the office hero by bringing a sweet treat to your next meeting. I love the maple donut. I thought it was pretty good. Had a nice glaze to it. Now, I'm usually not a fan of the powdered sugar ones, mm -hmm. but those ones, these ones were actually okay. I actually ate them. So yeah, <laughs> I, I, I like, approve. You approve. I like powdered <laughs> sugar ones. They were my favorite donut as a child. And they sort of remind me of the hostess ones because mm -hmm. a real treat for me would to get be, would be to get that six pack as a kid and yeah. uh, the decadence would be eating all six of them in one sitting, which, you know, yeah. now is not that big of a deal, but when you're a kid, it's kind of a big deal. <laughs> <laughs> For me, you know, the donut is pretty good if I eat the powdered sugar donuts, because those are the probably the least ones. Those, those are the kids I pick last, you know, in, in, in gym class. <laughs> For the team? <laughs> the <powdered. Yeah. laughs> wow, Nelson. Wow. <laughs> all right. What else you got for us? <laughs> Well, Snowy Village, a favorite dessert cafe in Vancouver. I've been to Snowy Village up in Canada. Did you ever go to the one in Vancouver, Monica? No, I never did. I just drooled over all the pictures all the time. I know. They're so good, right? right? The dessert cafe in Vancouver has made it all the way down to the U District, just across the street from Shan Noodles, as you got some Shan Noodles before <laughs> tasting. Hey, I was hangry. Don't, don't stand between me and food. Yeah. <laughs> I've learned that through the years. <laughs> Snowy Village is making delicious bingsu and teyaki. And we had a preview with some of our favorite foodie friends. So many, I'm not even going to name. You're just going to have to go to the story. Mm -hmm. We got a chance to see how the flaky bingsu was made. That was really cool. Mm -hmm. And we also tried some delicious teyaki, different flavors from savory to sweet. Mm -hmm. Snowy Village is currently in their soft opening from May 7th to 19th from 5 to 9 p.m. So if you guys want to go check it out, head over there. Yeah, great time. 
Monica, what do you think? I, I really loved, I couldn't stop eating the mango bingsu. I don't know about you. I agree. Out of the three that we tried, the mango was my favorite. And those champagne mangoes were ripe and sweet. And it's just the peak time to eat them. It was just so delicious. Honestly, you guys, I couldn't get a lot of clean video footage in because <laughs> everybody was in my videos. So I decided to just do a behind the scenes version. So you can see that on my IGTV and you can see all the foodies that we're talking about. Feed the Pudge will be your permanent co-host from here on forward, just oh, to let you know. We're still doing trials. <laughs> we're still doing trials. Yeah, still doing I, some testing. <laughs> I feel like Feed the Pudge is I feel like Feed the Pudge is the front runner. You know, when they're trying to select a new host for Kelly and Ripa, Kelly Ripa. I feel like he's like who's the next person to host the host Oh, Nelson, you know you're my favorite co-host. <laughs> yeah. Favorite because I'm the only one. That's my default. <laughs> Well, that's a longstanding joke between both that's of right. us. <laughs> well, go check out Snowy Village. I loved it. I mean, the Korean bingsu is so good. I, I want to go back and try some more. And um, I think we definitely will have in the future. Monica, tell us about something we did on the waterfront last week. This was kind of fun. And man, I'm, I'm going to tell you right now, full disclosure, I went and worked out after this, this uh, experience. One of the hardest workouts ever because this <laughs> thing was... <laughs> <laughs> the stuff we ate was dense and it was like not working with me in the work in the workout. <laughs> you know, it's funny because as far as you parked your car, I could have walked just the three blocks to my office, but I was so grateful <laughs> that you were there to drive me up the hill because I didn't think I could make it. Okay, you guys. So Nelson and I had a chance to have lunch at Premier Meat Pies this week at Pier 54. So first of all, I've known about the business for a while, but I didn't know that they had a location at Pier 54. And so uh, we went and tried out um, a variety of things. As Nelson said, it's very filling. Basically, for under $10, you can get a pie, and it's a really reasonably priced lunch. Nelson had the Guinness Irish stew pie, and I had the sausage roll because I was trying to go on the lighter side. <laughs> um, <laughs> you, you basically pick a pie and then you top it with things like mashed potatoes, gravy, cheese, and more. That alone would, would have filled us and any normal person up. But we also had a caramelized onion and Dungeness crab dip and Elvis-style bread pudding. So uh, hence Nelson's spotty workout and my unwillingness to walk up the hill. <laughs> <laughs> um, Nelson, yeah. what did you think about the, the Irish stew pie? Oh, Awesome. It was like a shepherd's pie, basically, because you had the mashed potatoes on top and then you had the pie at the bottom with the gravy inside the meat pie. It was really good. I really liked it. Obviously, you knew that I liked it because I ate the whole thing. So Yeah, I know. That was impressive. Um, <laughs> and even though we sat down for lunch on the beautiful waterfront, I love that pies can go anywhere with you, which is what I need most on busy days because of my work schedule. Mm -hmm. So really convenient. Fred, the manager of Premier Meat Pies, was right. I mean, this is this is like a workman's type lunch. You go in, grab a pie, and it's very filling, and you can eat it and then just go back to work. Mm -hmm. And when he described it, I was like, okay, yeah, whatever. But then I after I ate it, I was just like, <laughs> okay, man, I am full. Like I could I could use a nap right now because I'm, <laughs> I'm not doing work, but I'm just like, okay, I get it. I get what he's talking about. So <laughs> I yeah, these guys are pretty to good. <laughs> I know. <laughs> oh man um, they are good but you know that being said you know if one pie isn't for you it's also a great shareable and they have a really nice list of beers down there as well so it's a perfect like afternoon uh off and you a great shareable and a great piece just to relax on the waterfront and then monica 
there's a snake in my booch. Tell us about <laughs> some kombucha at the SLU market. There's a snake in my booch. Okay, you guys. Seeking Kombucha is a newer vendor at Salt Lake Union Saturday Market. Uh, recently they let us try some and I had the fruity booch. And when I was watching your stories, Nelson, I see that you had peach bellini. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I did. <laughs> Ooh, boy. Come on now. Come on. We're going, we're going with the fruities. We're going with the fruity drinks. Come on now. I literally laughed out loud when I saw that. <laughs> and you know, you guys, again, Nelson just really loves the super hyper fruity flavors. Um, the fruity booch that I had was really refreshing and perfect for a warm spring day. And when I saw them at the market last weekend, I tried honeydew because honeydew is something I haven't seen before. And I really liked that one because it was a little bit sweeter. And um, you can find them selling on the streets. And it seems like they rotate flavors because I don't even know what you saw on Saturday, Nelson. They did. They have a lavender one Ooh. and then as well as uh, a couple other flavors that I got to try mm -hmm. as well. And and the peach bellini was new. So they had four different flavors that they were selling. And reasonably priced, a bottle is about $8.50. Mm -hmm. And you get to take home like a, a bit, I think it's a size of like a half growler or something. You can bring it back and they refill it for you. Oh, that's good to know. And, and they are beautiful, well-sealed bottles. So I love that. Thank you for seeking kombucha. I, I love kombucha. So I'll drink kombucha all day. It's like my newest soda. So <laughs> it's, it's my soda replacement. So I drink kombucha. Good for digestion, as, I, as people <laughs> tell me. So. <laughs> all right. Well, those are our recaps. And um, let's just get right into the uh, events, shall we, Monica? Yes. So, Monica, I'm excited for this event and I want to go real bad. <laughs> I see what you did there. <laughs> you and I are both going to Lamb Jam this coming weekend and we hosted giveaways as well. So four other people will be attending as well. Um, so come say hi. I went to the inaugural Lamb Jam way back in the day, Monica. And let me tell you, it was insane. <laughs> and the reason I say insane is that there was so much food. I mean, this year there's over 16 different chefs from all over Seattle that's mm -hmm. going to be participating. And they they did everything from like lamb egg rolls to lamb burgers to just lamb pastas. I was like, and it was just nonstop and you could have eaten. And then there's, oh, did I tell you there's also wine and spirits like, and they give you a wine glass too. So you're just <laughs> drinking. I'm just like, oh, so guys, if you need to order an Uber because you're going to get into a food coma and you're going to be drinking a lot too as well. <laughs> and as I mentioned, this is one of the best events of the year. And it's at the Seattle Design Center this year on Sunday, May 19th from 3 to 6 p.m. As I mentioned, there's 16 talented chefs vying for Lamb Jam Seattle champion. And these chefs are making some crazy creations. And let me just tell you some of the restaurants in the star-studded lineup. Heartwood Provisions, our friends out there. Lark. Sawyer, Ciudad, The Shambles. You just got me stuff from The Shambles. I did. Kashina, yeah. Kashina Spinaze and so many more. Also, we want to tell you, if you use either code N-E-L-S-O-N, which is my name, Nelson or Monica, M-O-N-I-C-A, at when you buy your tickets on Eventbrite, you get 10% off on your purchase. So you get 10% off your tickets if you use either the code Nelson or Monica. I'm excited to go. I've never been. And I'm kind of concerned about how much food's going to be there. <laughs> because I have to say, like, I'm a little out of practice. I think the last big event we went to is it's been a while. So um, we'll we'll see how I hold up, but I might need a lot of help. So depending on who wins my giveaway, you might have to help me eat. 
<laughs> Monica, I know you get hangry because I get hangry as well, but I'm going to advise you right now. No food crawls prior to, okay? No food crawls prior to. I'll try. <laughs> I'll try hard. All right. Monica, it's not easy being green. So tell us about this new place that's coming up in Seattle that's doing matcha. It's not easy being green. Okay. So by now, <laughs> you guys probably have seen Matcha Cafe Michael in soft opening mode. So Seattle's getting more matcha desserts, which I love because I am a huge, huge, huge matcha fan. One of their most popular offerings is a soft serve, but they also offer shaved ice, parfaits, lattes, and so much more. They're located on the third floor inside Westlake Center, and right now they don't have regular business hours, so don't swing by without checking online first. So when businesses are in soft opening, you really have to monitor what's going on with them. Uh, we expect to see hopefully a grand opening over the next couple of weeks, but right now it's just catch them when you can. Another place from Vancouver coming mm -hmm. down here taking our business what's going on <laughs> you know we need more matcha stuff and as far as i can i'm concerned they can just take my money <laughs> yes please if they can bring in more noodles i'm talking to you and and chinese barbecue i'm talking to you hk yeah, barbecue HK, master if you, if you if you want to come down here you're more than welcome to mm -hmm. come on down we got yeah. you so Monica, I haven't checked the weather next weekend, but I'm guessing it's probably going to be just as good or maybe, maybe a little bit colder, but still going to be nice outside next weekend. What do you think? Yeah, I'm hoping it's less than 80 degrees because this last week has just <laughs> made me really tired. But uh, yeah, I think so. If you need another outdoor activity, the University Street Fair is this week, both Saturday and Sunday. So some a lot of times this, these events are usually just one day, but it's going to be two days. And Saturday and Sunday, it's their 50th year doing this. Mm -hmm. I had no idea oh, yeah. it was 50th. Yeah. Is their 50th <laughs> annual University Street Fair. Starting at 10 a.m. and going to 7 p.m. on Saturdays and 6 p.m. on Sunday, there is going to be a lot of food vendors as well as non-food vendors. So... Lots of shopping to do. And then I believe the university farmer's market is also going on on that Saturday. So that's an extension there mm -hmm. too as well. The street fair encompasses four blocks at the U district and expect to see lots of food vendors. I'm just going to name a couple, a lot of ones that I haven't heard of, but y your favorite Alaska Weathervane scallops food truck is going to be there. Oh yeah. Yeah. Glow tea. If you want a light bulb with bubble tea, there's going to be there too as well. I've never heard of this pe the Seattle Poi Company, Freelard Tamales. They've been at this SOU market. They're going to be there too. The Corn Roasters, Tornado Potato. And this is my favorite because I'm a big corn dog fan. Corn dogs of the world. I don't even know what that means. Like <laughs> I thought it I thought it's just a regional. I thought this was just like a domestic US thing, but is there like corn dogs of the world? What kind of corn dogs? Are there going to be like Icelandic corn dogs or what's going on here? Oh, I don't know. You know, I don't eat corn dogs. <laughs> the difference is Monica. Us. <laughs> oh, man. Monica, you're missing out. Oh, corn I don't dogs think are I so am. great. I don't think I'm missing anything. Oh, my God. <laughs> so, Nelson, oh. you haven't heard of Seattle Poi Company. Um, that's my people right there. So, Seattle. Oh, those are your people. Yeah, okay. So Seattle Poi Company, not only do they make poi here, but they make these fried mochi poi balls with like oh. a hapia coconut dribble, drizzle. So, if you are in the area, I'm saying they make these fresh, so they take a little while because they're made, made to order, but they're very, very delicious. Monica, I am in the area at the University Street Fair. You know why? 
I don't know. I can't remember why you would be in the university oh, district. It's it's because I went to the University of Washington. Oh, I always forget that. I always forget that. <laughs> <laughs> you know, speaking of the 50th year of the University Street Fair, um, I used to start every festival season. Like this was the first festival that I would go to up until about five years ago when some of them started getting started earlier and earlier. But um, I pretty much go to this one every year. And so we'll see if I can make it because next week's schedule is kind of packed. Yeah, I think it's really cool because they close off the entire app. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's 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 stretch. It's a four block long street fair. Mm-hmm. That's a big one. Really so big. definitely. And then Monica, what's another event that we got going on? Oh, we were just talking about lamb jam, and you told me like no food crawls before that. Um, so on <laughs> Saturday, May eighteenth, the day before lamb jam, there's the Green Lake Food Walk. You there can you go. go on an adventure, and it's hosted by the Green Lake Chamber of Commerce and LoveGreenLake.org. Food walkers can purchase a prepaid wristband and walk all around Green Lake searching for restaurants, providing food samples like Duke's Chowder House, Kitanda, Lunchbox Laboratory, Teddy's Bigger Burgers, Rosita's, and so much more. So I can get some exercise in and eat all the food. Yeah, definitely. Green Lake, perfect. One of the best trails to run around. There's a par three golf course, (laughs) tennis, everything. So... Work up an appetite and then start eating around the whole entire whole entire Green Lake area. <laughs> Let's be clear. I've lived in North Seattle the entire time I've lived in Seattle, and I've never run around Green Lake. <laughs> You've never ran Green Lake? I have walked oh around goodness. Green Lake. I have never ran around Green Lake. Oh. I'm not running anywhere. <laughs> there used to be like a, a Valentine's Day singles 5K that I used to run, mm-hmm. and it was like Green Lake 3.1 5K. Mm, wow. I should still run it because I'm still single, so... Um. <laughs> well monica if you're not a fan of the street fair or you don't you still you're still craving after the street fair you've eaten all the the funnel cake and and the corn dogs of the world there's another event going on down in south lake union and it's the eighth annual taco libre truck showdown this saturday 3 to 10 p.m at the south lake union discovery center 25 taco inspired dishes and there will be a margarita and beer garden as well Mm -hmm. Tickets are $25 for the beer and margarita tasting. And if you can't decide and you want to go on the day of, it's $35. So it's $10 extra. In addition to that, all those all the food trucks that are going to be there, each truck will be serving a taco-themed dish for under $5. So kids are welcome as well. And then anybody who's 21 and over, you can also do the beer garden too as well. Mm-hmm. And I think um, a big part, I've, I've been to this event for many, many years and um, an, an added attraction is the luchador wrestlers. And, and so that's always a big draw as well. Um, this traditional mm-hmm. form of Mexican wrestling started in the early 1900s. So it has a really long history in the community. Have you ever seen luchador wrestlers before? Yeah. Have you? I have. I have. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I like the mask. I like the mask. <laughs> <laughs> I have friends that that wrestle professionally or mm-hmm. wrestle professionally or and and also do amateur stuff too as well. Okay. So it's kind of fun to just go to these shows and there and there are some luchador wrestlers and they're just they're always wearing these colorful masks yeah. and they're like the high flying guys. Yes. Like these are the guys that are like 5 feet 5 and under and they are just jumping all over the ropes <laughs> and like flipping around and just it's 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 a lot of fun. I love it. 
Rey Mysterio Jr. was one of my favorite wrestlers back in the day. I don't know if you follow wrestling, but yeah, he was awesome. I totally follow wrestling. No, I don't follow okay. wrestling. <laughs> <laughs> and I went to UW. Man, no, I, I didn't do you that You almost either. had me because I was like, oh man, Monica is that much cooler if she, <laughs> <laughs> she watches wrestling. <laughs> start talking about intercontinental titles and the honky tonk man and, and the ultimate warrior and everything like that. Hey, I, macho man. <laughs> Yeah, macho man. Ooh, yeah, macho man. Anyway, (laughs) Monica, we got one last event. Tell us about, oh, this is awesome. Yeah. Beer week. Beer week. Beer week. week. And women in beer. Tell us about that. Huge, huge, huge. So, Seattle Beer Week is on already. It started last week and it's going to run through May 19th. And so, check out their website for a list of events and they are celebrating beer all over the city. As an example, I just popped into the Shambles yesterday. They had a whole bunch of beer week promotions, including some of the cured meats. So you never know. It's just everywhere. Today, we're going to highlight Women in Beer by Pike Place Brewing. The event is on Monday, so get your tickets when you hear this. Tickets start at $45 plus some fees. Women in Beer is a celebration of craft beverages, local foods, and the women who make them. And the proceeds benefit the Planned Parenthood of the Great Northwest and Hawaiian Islands. So Nelson, did you know that women are credited with introducing hops to malt fermentation, which makes what we now know as beer? I had no idea, but I mean, now that I think about it, like men probably couldn't forget that. So yeah. Men had something going before that, but women are the ones who who did the thing. Uh, Women continue to lead and innovate in this industry, and this event highlights women-owned and women-run producers. Pike Brewing has introduced Pike Morning After Pale as the official beer of the event. And so like other food and beverage events, there's going to be tons of food and drink to taste and learn about. We were just talking about Chef Tracy from the Atrium Kitchen. She's going Mm -hmm. to be there with signature beer steamed baby back ribs with whiskey barbecue sauce. Can you imagine, right? Doesn't that sound good? Oh, yeah. Um, Yeah. Some of my favorites that are going to be there, and there's there's so many, too many to name, but some of my favorites are Woodenville Whiskey. We've tried them, and they have some really sweet bourbons coming out. Timber City Ginger Beer, Titan Cider Works, Optimism Brewing Company, That Brown Girl Cooks, Friday Afternoon Tea, and Rubens Brews. So that's just really a short list. You guys, there's so many people who are going to be there. You need to check it out. That's a big big lineup mm-hmm. lots of lots of beers we just i recently tried out titan cider works so mm-hmm. yeah yeah you know what they're what they're going to have at this event is a cherry cider nelson Ooh, know, what? right <laughs> right what yeah see it had you had yeah. you at the fruit no titan does a well, really we're all about the, yeah we're all about the sweet and the fruits and, and, and <laughs> a lot of people don't know titan actually grows a lot of the fruit too mm. Mm. that sounds great sounds good yeah awesome beer week i'm excited for beer week Me too well, we got through it. That was, uh, we tried to go fast. Who says there's too much information? <laughs> yeah, I don't know who says that. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know about you, Monica, but our shows have been lacking a lot of information lately, says nobody. Ever. <laughs> so, <laughs> ever. so you guys are awesome. Thank you for letting us talk about all of these crazy and fun events. So much to do. And Monica, I'm just so excited because the weather's getting better. I know you and I, we're not really into like the 90 degree weather, but the weather's getting warmer, which means that there's going to be more outdoor activities and it's just going to be a lot more fun. Oh, totally. I'm excited to talk about it through this as we get to the summertime. Mm -hmm. Well, let's get into our interview. Speaking of outdoor dining, this place, I loved it. It's out in Redmond. This week's guests are the owners and chefs of Spark Pizza, Tony Scott, Chef T and Chef Kyle. They're the folks who brought you Woodblock and Redmond. 
Eating their way through New York and Rome and Naples, these three consumed pizzas every day just for research, R&D. We talked about this before Mm -hmm. during their travels. And they brought back all their knowledge to create some excellent, well-thought-up wood-fired pizzas as well as some other exceptional non-pizza items. Monica, here is our interview with Spark Pizza. Hey, Seattle. We are in Redmond, Washington, the new Spark Pizza, and we're with owner Tony Scott and chefs T and Kyle. Tony, how are you? I'm good, thanks. <laughs> it's exciting to be on the radio. Yeah, this is exciting. I love this space. I haven't, I haven't been in this spot in Redmond, and um, you guys have a beautiful interior and the outdoor patio. It's just gorgeous. Why don't we start it off? Tell us about Spark Pizza and the concept behind Spark Pizza. Yeah, definitely. So Carolyn and I also, Carolyn's my wife, we're partners on this deal together. Um, also own Woodblock on the street, mm-hmm. and that has been going so well. It's been by far the most fun, wonderful job I've ever had. And so when the opportunity came up to open a new place, we went, wow, let's do a pizza place. I love pizza. You know, I've always loved pizza as a kid. I remember they had a, a birthday party where my parents let about 10, 10-year-old boys come over and make pizza in the, in the oven, just a regular oven, a huge mess, big, really ugly, bubbly pizzas, but it was so much fun. Um, so I always loved pizza, and it just, it seemed like this was a great, it was something that Redmond didn't have, the type of pizza mm-hmm. we wanted to do and wanted to make, as well as missing the sort of um, environment that this house has. I've always looked at this house here with this, it's, so the house was built in 1907, it's been several restaurants, and it has a great big deck, it's like 600, 700 square feet, and it was never covered, you can't use it most of the year round, and I figured if we could cover it, people mm. love outdoor dining in this Yes. Area. I love it. And so that was the goal. So we covered it, putting heaters out there, really trying to make it almost a year-round uh, eating experience. Mm-hmm. So with pizza, I know both Carolyn and I have always loved more of a thin crust. I mean, nothing against Chicago or Detroit, just great pizzas, but like, if I'm going to be eating pizza every day, and I kind of do right now, we like that thinner crust. The Neapolitan style, mm-hmm. it seemed like it was a little soft. Some of the New York ones were a little too crispy. You lost the chew, the interior chew in the Cornicione of the Neapolitan. Um, so after we went to Rome, Naples, New York, eating lots and lots and lots of pizza, <laughs> we kind of dialed in on the idea that if we can marry those two styles, and there's places that are doing it. We didn't invent this by any means, but there's places that are doing great jobs. Mm-hmm. We're like, wow. This, is real, this really hits what I think is really good. You can put great, interesting ingredients on there. Um, you get this great tang chew from that 48-hour rise for the dough. It doesn't, it's not floppy. It's got great body. And then you can put all sorts of great, you know, interesting ingredients on mm-hmm. it. So, you know, all those things kind of came together. The deck, the patio, the love of pizza. Uh, we live right here in Redmond. This place is actually a little closer to our house in Woodblock, so... We are now, I think, a five-minute bike ride instead of a six-minute bike oh, ride. Oh, nice. <laughs> so we love that. We're, you know, our friends and family and everything here. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks for that. You so you guys are brand new. Why don't you tell us some of the things, some of the ideas that you have for the future? Yeah, definitely. So we obviously have that big deck mm-hmm. out front. And down below that is a lawn area. And we're going to put a fire pit in. And then we'll enclose that with a fence and probably do some sort of casual chairs. So you can sit out there, have a beer, glass of wine, order pizza around the mm-hmm. fire pit. That won't be covered, but the rest of the place is. Mm-hmm. But I think in the summer, I mean, there's nothing like that around here. No, we mm-hmm. love fire so, pits here. Yeah. Who doesn't? mesmerized, staring at it all the time. <laughs> so cool. Of course. So that, that's one thing that we're going to be doing. Um, we, we're, we are going to do a brunch. 
Okay. Pizza brunch. Pizza brunch. I mean, just put an egg on it. So, yeah. So <laughs> there's, say, there's lots yeah, of other things we can do. We're looking for the egg pizzas here. Oh, yeah. I, yeah, I love egg on pizza, but there's lots of other things we can do with that big wood fired oven. Mm-hmm. And it's all wood, there's no gas. You know, mm-hmm. there's, you can do things from pancakes to, um, I'm probably going to brutalize the word shishuka, the uh, Israeli shishuka, yeah. dish. I mean, there's just lots of fun things that really would fit, and then who doesn't want to sit outside and eat brunch? Exactly. Uh, no one said exactly. no one ever. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so I, one question, yeah. going back to you, the pizza crust, because mm-hmm. you, you went to Naples as well as Rome mm-hmm. as well as New York, getting all that information, mm-hmm. all that research. How would you describe the crust that you've created at Spark Pizza? So it's light and airy, like the uh, Neapolitan crust, mm-hmm. but it's got a little bit more chew. Um, it's got a little bit more crust when you bite into it. It's super light and delicate on the outside, that little crunch, but then you get into that great chew, and you know, it's got great leopard spotting on the bottom, char all the way around it. I mean, I, I've been trying to make this since we came back in a little wood-fired oven at home, and occasionally it looks like it's kind of passable, but these guys are just... Yeah. So not a spotted leopard. No. <laughs> <laughs> and I was reading some somewhere that... How did you come up with the idea of, I want to make pizza? Like, I want to, I want to open a, a pizza restaurant. Well, it's just, pizza is just such a welcoming, comforting food. And I, I really could eat pizza almost every I can't meal <laughs> of the day. It is so good. And, you know, as an opportunity, there, there's nothing of this style that's around here. I want to provide something that people want, would want to come to, want to enjoy, and we would enjoy. I felt like there was definitely a need for this sort of pizza. Now, Chefs T and Kyle. Yeah, hi. Um, tell us about your menu at Spark Pizza and favorite and popular dishes that you like in making. Sure. Uh, so the menu actually happened fairly organically and, and effortlessly for the most part. Uh, Chef Kyle and I worked together years ago at this restaurant called The Book Bindery uh, yeah. in Fremont. And... Uh, We've been through some battles in the kitchen, <laughs> uh, but but coming out of that experience, we've uh, actually had uh, a lot of opportunities to collaborate on on a lot of food ideas. And so when we came up with with Tony and Carolyn came up with this concept of coming up with a pizza restaurant, it sort of came together rather quickly. Uh, the menu did. In all honesty, I mean, out of the twelve pizzas that that are on the menu, ten of them. Uh, conceptually really hasn't changed from start to finish mm-hmm. um, and then the other two we kind of had to tweak or maybe I think one we had to scrap the idea all together and then and then come up with a different one but for the for the most part everything else came came together with music off oh yeah most definitely like T and I we as soon as it was like as soon as we got in the kitchen together we just picked up like right where we left off and you know and that's and that's been the most exciting thing about this whole thing is, you know, we're using our ideas, you know, from from the dough idea that, you know, that I that I came up with and that T and I worked on and we developed and we just it was like it was a home run right out of the gate. You know, mm-hmm. we were really, really excited. We got Tony and Carolyn, they were tasting it and we're they're just like, This is this is amazing. So it's been it's been a really fun, exciting, different, you know, from from my background and T's mm-hmm. background, you know. Mm-hmm where we've worked in the past, more rustic, and, you know, it's, it's just more fun. And in all honesty, the dough, the recipe, that was the most challenging thing, because honestly, we could have come up with the recipe beforehand, but I knew as, as a chef or as a cook, and then Kyle knew as well, that you can't necessarily come up with the final product beforehand, you sort of, because you have so many different factors to play off of against, whether it be humidity, 
temperature, the walk-in, the actual oven itself. I was going to ask because people people in New York always say like, oh, it's the water. Is sure. the water is different? Is, yeah. it, is it different? It is 100% okay. different. Yeah, I mean, yeah. the water from uh, in Seattle is completely different even yeah. from the water in Seattle versus the water in Redmond. Right. Actually, I, I saw on a, on a special, there was actual filtration system that incorporated minerals and flavorings to, to mimic that New York style water mm -hmm. for pizzerias that really wanted to get that true experience. But obviously, I mean, I think we are, uh, Kyle and I really wanted to make sure that we incorporate, we wanted to incorporate as much of the local offerings as much as possible. So whether it be the water, whether it be the flour or the cheese, uh, we want to make sure that it, this is this is not New York style pizza. This is not Italian pizza. Mm -hmm. This is this is regular pizza. pizza. Yeah, homegrown. Yeah, for sure. most definitely. You know, like even when Mark <clears throat> from Merlino dropped by his flour samples, and you know, I was like, all right, we gotta we gotta try to incorporate this into into what we're doing. You know, and even talking to Tony, I'm like, hey, we should look at getting a water filtration system for the place. He's like, I already got one. <laughs> you know, I was like, I was like, perfect. And so, you know, we we've we've come up we've developed a, a dough and a recipe that we we stand behind 150 percent as, as a cl collaborative team of people tasting and working on it and it's it's been a it's been you know we've, we've had its challenges you know we've had our successes and I think the successes people are raving about what we're doing here mm -hmm. so so i'm coming for dinner awesome i want one pizza uh -huh. each of you tell me about the pizza i should eat and describe it for our listeners kyle you want to take this um first? I'm gonna say the carpaccio, like okay. hand, hands down. I think that's one of that's one of the tastiest ones that I think we do. It's you know it's it's got the briny capers, it's got the lemons, it it has arugula, so it has pepper notes, it has pecorino, you know, it gives it like the sharp um, salty cheese, and then it has like a smoked olive on there as well. So you know, it has like it has all these like depths of layers and flavors. And then with the dough, you know, it's got the right char marks on the on the dough. It's got the right patina of crunch. So I think conceptually, that is my my favorite pie. And then when T presented that idea to me, I was like, I was like, you're crazy, man. I was like, carpaccio <laughs> on a pizza. I was like, you got to be kidding me. And then as soon as I tasted, I was like, yeah, that's 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 a winner. It works. Awesome. You know. It's... And truth be told, I did. I've never made that. I've never attempted to make that style of pizza oh. before. And it just kind of came up as 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 one of those things that I just thought of as I'm driving into work. I, that was one of those pieces that mm. actually just worked from start to finish. And I mean, I mean conceptually, it, it made sense in my mind. I wasn't sure how the temperature of the actual pizza itself as it was coming out of the oven was going to affect the raw beef. Um, but it, like Kyle said, it's just when it did come together, it was super harmonious because you have the heat temperature, the temperature differences, uh, and then the different flavor profiles and all just marries together really well. What about your pizza? Oh, gosh. Well... Don't do I, a Nelson. It's just one, <laughs> not three. Okay. <laughs> we'll see. I think uh, I would have to, have to say it would be the, the honey and spice and everything nice because oh, wow. it, uh, it's such a simple pizza uh, because it just features essentially uh, the pepperoni and a house-made spicy honey. But... It's that, again that that play of flavors of sweet and salty coming together and marrying together in this this wonderful menagerie of uh, pizza that that just comes out beautifully. Um, and you know we initially when we were menu testing, we utilized uh, Mike's hot honey because that's what everybody was raving about. That's that's the honey to use, and we love it. 
but uh, after a while we said you know I think we can come up with something better mm. and I oh, think yeah. Kyle and I have uh, got in the kitchen and put our heads together and I think we came up with a honey that probably rivals well, how many different mice. how many different pepperonis yeah. did we try too I think we got like 12 different all I want and I'm like tell me more please we're like oh they're like oh hey we got this pepperoni for you I'm like no no that's not the one you know does this one have the natural casing does it crisp and curl and and we're like they're like nope that's not it this one's like a lay flat and we, we went through tons of them and then we finally got a product that we were like this is the one and we, as soon as we tried it we're like this is this is the winner out yeah. of all of them. That was a hard day at the office. Wasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Just Sounds rough, you guys. Yeah, yeah. So beyond pizza, I know Spark Pizza does other things on on the menu. Can you yeah, I, again, I, mean, I think I want to echo Tony's sentiments. So we're not just a pizza shop. We do um, other dishes really well, and I wouldn't necessarily call them small plates, but um, these are dishes that you know either Kyle and myself have have done or iterations of it or versions of them or maybe a couple of dishes we've never done before. <laughs> yeah, exactly. uh, but one of my favorites, you know, I, uh, when we were traveling through Rome, is, is that Roman-style gnocchi. gnocchi. And it's not necessarily, it's not a potato gnocchi like everybody thinks. It's actually a polenta-based gnocchi. Um, and you cook it down, and then you, um, you, you thicken it with egg yolks and pecorino cheese, and you set it. And then that's essentially your gnocchi, and it gets baked in the pizza oven with uh, spicy tomato sauce and it's topped with lots of mozzarella and grana. Uh, so I, I don't think you can go wrong with that dish at all. Kyle, do you have another small dish that um, you like? Small dish that I like. Um, I definitely like the mackerel. You know, yeah. the mackerel to me is, you know, it's smoked oh, yeah. and it's crispy. You know, it's got like crispy skin on there. It's got, it comes with a, a bag, you know, a baguette style uh, cut loaf of bread, um, you know, green goddess. So it has, it has like this herbaceous, smoke, raw, sweet, uh, uh, broccoli salad, and you know it's, it's pickled pepper or uh, pickled uh, onions on there. So it it hits all these like different parts of your tongue when you taste it. You're like, oh wow, it's got this rich, you know, like kind of like oilier fish, you know, like yeah. a richer fish, yeah. and then and then it has like the brightness from the aioli and then the sweet broccoli salad. Mix. In all honesty, yeah. it's a nice deviation from the rest of the menu because mm -hmm. when you think about pizzas, you sort of think about you know sausage and pepperoni and cheese. So you rarely see. You know, seafood dishes, and, and that's certainly what we'd like to incorporate a little bit more. Yeah, is to offer a little bit more variety. So when people come to dine here, it's not just hey, I'm going to get a pizza. You know, the way I'm I'm, I'm accustomed to eating is that you know, I'm going to get a couple salads, I'm going to get a couple small plates, I'm going to get a couple pizzas, and we're all going to share. And it's this really fun and, environment. And that and that's a great thing about pizza places. You know, it's the, that's the ultimate breaking of bread. You know, you're sitting down, you're sharing a meal with people around the table. You're like, oh, hey, let me try that, let me try that. You know, we're actually sharing, we're breaking the bread, mm -hmm. and and that's. And that's what I love about pizza the most is sit down with a group of your friends, you know, you have a bottle, a craft of wine on the middle of the table and you know, everybody orders something different and you're all ultimately sharing a meal together. You know, yeah. it's not like, oh, I order my dish and then you're like, oh, hey, how's yours? You know, right. we're all experiencing something different about the, yeah. the experience of dining together. So. And you guys have gluten-free options too as well. Yeah, that's actually, that's a really good question. Yes, to answer your question, yes, we do. And that, that was... That was another one of those hurdles that we encountered right. uh, in the in the development process was that, you know, we, we actually went through the uh, and and bought some pre-manufactured gluten-free doughs uh -huh. that everybody seemed to have used yeah. in the past. I have a lot of friends that whenever we go and it was like, hey, we're gonna get pizza. I was right. like, oh, I don't know if I can go because I'm not 
you know, it's like, I'm not, I can't eat gluten, right? Anything like that. So. Yeah, and we went through those those options, and they weren't good. And yeah. you know, we we no, refused to put her. Really not. Yeah. Really not. yeah, we were, we honestly refused to put her on the menu and, and advertise that we had a gluten free dough until we were, mm-hmm. you know, a hundred percent behind it. And then we jumped back in the kitchen and we came up with this this really cool recipe and it just kind of came together. Yeah, oh yeah. Oddly enough, we actually ran upstairs and told Tony and Carol, I'm like, hey, you guys need to have to try this pizza because this is amazing. It, it feels like, it feels, tastes, and eats just like pizza. Oh my God. Right and the thing is, it, like all those other doughs that we tried, you know, they just didn't fall in line with what we were trying to do here. Like it didn't. And then when we developed this other recipe, you know, like it fell in line with what style we were trying to do. and had the right texture, had the right flavor. So it's, we, when we tasted it, we were like, oh my God, no. Carolyn's calling friends over, hey, come down, you gotta try our gluten-free dough. And so that was, that was really special. All right, we have time for one more question. Okay. So this is a food podcast and our listeners are always interested in what people are eating. So thinking, this could be anything that you're making at home or favorite places in Seattle because we're a Seattle food podcast. Right. Um, so what are each of you eating? All right, so I think there's a couple of different options for me. If I'm going to be making food at home, my number one meal is actually a roasted chicken, oddly enough. Oh, yeah. Number one, I'm in the kitchen all day. I don't necessarily want to get a lot of pots and pans dirty. I don't want to work too hard for my food. I get home, I pop a chicken in the oven, and an hour later it comes out perfect. And I you know, make a nice big salad or a plate of pasta, and, and I'm set. But when it comes to going out to eat, which is which happens quite a bit for me, <laughs> um, I have a couple different options: Babar, Tamarind Tree for oh, Vietnamese wow. food. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Uh, hot pot, definitely. The hot pot craze has really taken hold in Seattle. But my favorite, I know it's probably not the most boutiquey uh, one out of the bunch, but uh, Little Sheep is, is yeah, yeah. Little She's gravitate great towards. Meat. Yeah, definitely. And then recently, actually, just last night. I got off work and I was craving noodles, so I went over to Reckless Noodle. Yeah, in the Central I love Reckless Noodles. And uh, I know the guys there, and they always yeah. treat me well. But uh, the cocktails are awesome. The food is great, and uh, yeah, those are those are a couple of my favorite choices. Awesome. Yeah. You like Thomas Keller with the roast chicken? For me, if I'm cooking at home, my wife's vegan, so you know I had to I had to kind of change a lot of the the techniques that I've that I've used in the past and implement new ingredients so you know we eat a lot of pasta at home um we'll do a lot of roasted vegetables stuff like that you know we eat pretty clean at home but if you know if i have a cheat meal you know it's i'm gonna go straight to copine you know that's yeah you know sean you know i have a long history with sean mccrane that's working for him and to me i think he makes some of the best food in seattle agree you know every single time i go there it's it's all there's always something new you know that i can i'm like oh man i, I gotta have that would be my cheat meal there from eating as healthy as we do at home. So, perfect. So, are you trying to eat as much pepperoni as you can in the restaurant? Yeah, well, before yeah, you, yeah, yeah, before you head home. One for the pizza. Exactly. Well, yeah, my, you know, at home, you know, like, here I eat whatever I want, but at home, I, my wife keeps it pretty strict. So, you know, so. Um. All right, and Tony, for you, because we, we always ask chefs, and, yeah, everyone, yeah, yeah. and we rarely ask owners. What do you like to eat, or even what do you like to make at home too? Lately, almost nothing. Okay. <laughs> Fair. And we're running, we got both restaurants going on, so things that just we aren't cooking very much mm-hmm. at all. It's kind of sad. But we have two restaurants, so that's, <laughs> that's the good news. Um, you know, when I do cook, a lot of times I like things like chilies, things that I don't have to be super precise, mm-hmm. where I can kind of eyeball. I want these flavors, <laughs> these things in here. I'm just, I'm just not that kind of a precise cook. 
I've actually, I just discovered mammoth sandwiches yes. over in Eastlake. <laughs> the Predator? Changed, Have you had the Predator? Yes, it has changed my life. You're talking <laughs> to the like, sandwich like, king of Seattle here. Well, sandwiches are like, you know, to me, kind of like pizza. It's one of those just super comfort, I will yep. always crave a good sandwich or a good it. slice of pizza. Yeah. Oh, I love I love mammoth. Great, great choice. <laughs> I love making chilies at home too. As well. So yeah, it's very it's very just easy home cooking. Just throw everything yeah. in the pot type of thing. Yeah, it's so fun. It's sits for a while. The whole house smells delicious. Awesome. So, yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you guys. Thank you so much. Thank, thank you. you. And that was our interview with Tony Scott, Chef T, and Chef Kyle of Spark Pizza out in Redmond. Monica, you, I loved it. I mean, I I did two events there eating all their pizzas and I want to go back and just pick up some pizzas from my nieces because they love pepperoni pizza and I think they would love it. Even even it's not like the typical pepperoni pizza. I mean, they had like spiced honey around the crust mm-hmm. and they used like the high grade pepperoni cups and it's only the best for my nieces oh, who really don't care because they're three and six. Right. Old, but I have to, I, I got to eat the pizza too though. <laughs> I know you went to two events there. You're so greedy. <laughs> After eating these pizzas, I can't eat like the Domino's and the, you know, pizza huts of the world anymore. <laughs> I mean, I got it. I have to have high grade pizzas now. I mean, spark pizza spoiled me. It's, it's, it's not good. Not a good thing. I know. And you know, in terms of their R and D, it kind of sounds like the kind of R and D you and I do when we eat everything. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's what we can call it now. It's just like we're not going to lunch. We're going on a research and development trip. <laughs> yeah, quote air quotes. You guys can't hear. It. You guys can't see it because they're, I'm doing this right now. The air quotes, but yeah. Well, that's our show for today. Thirty-five episodes in, Monica. What do you think? I think we are very lucky and very blessed that people listen to us every week. Not sure why, but I'm not going to question too much. Um, It's been been a fun journey and like just the community that we get to be a part of is so meaningful. Like yesterday, even, you know, my family was watching the videos that I put out and they're just like, you know, you look like you're having a lot of fun. And I think we all need a little more fun in our lives. Definitely. Monica, since it's Mother's Day, guess where I'm going? Where are you going? I'm going to be picking out koi fish and cooking it at the palace. Oh, I cannot wait. Can you go there? Can you ask the host? Can you know, can I pick a koi and can you guys cook it for me? And can you get that on camera? I would like the white one with the orange spots. Oh, please. see, I like the orange ones with the white spots. <laughs> <laughs> well, have- yeah, we're doing Mother's we're doing Mother's Day dinner at Palisade, and um, will we see you there? That's the question. I don't know. You know, the family has kept it under wraps. All I know is I'm supposed to show up for dinner, and I don't know where. I have no information, and you know that's cool. It's just been a nice day at home so far. Hmm. You know what that code word means for men that that it's a secret. You know what that means, right? No. Mom's cooking. Oh. <laughs> no, that would be some hangry rage action. <laughs> that wouldn't happen. <laughs> I'm just joking, just joking. But nonetheless, happy Mother's Day, Monica. To all you other moms out there, happy Mother's Day and happy eating, Seattle. Thank you so much for listening. Don't forget to subscribe for future episodes and leave us a five-star rating and review on whichever platform you're listening on. In the meantime, you can find us on Instagram and Facebook at Seattle Foodie Podcast and on Twitter at Seattle Food Pod. You can also email us at seattlefoodiepodcast at gmail.com. Thanks again, and we hope you enjoy the Seattle Foodie Podcast.